This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 475, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, May 3rd. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. This is episode 475. It's our Comic Reviews episode for releases from the week of Wednesday, May 10th. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. Uh, I have, what, seven books we could talk about this week because I finally read a little... Well, I guess it's what, usually what I average, but it feels like more than I've been reading lately. Uh, my unread pile is getting larger and larger and more and more intimidating. Um, so that part's not so great. Uh, so let's jump right into talking about books that I did not get a chance to read. Um, so when we take a look... Uh, there's actually a lot of comics that came out last week. Uh, the books I didn't get a chance to read, uh, they include the following. Aquaman, Cyborg, uh, what else came out? DC Comics, Bombshells, Ever After, Fire from the Pages of Fables, Fall and Rise of Captain Adam, which I've actually really been enjoying. Uh, Flintstones, Green Arrow, Green Lantern, Harley Quinn, Unjustice 2, Justice League, uh, Nightwing, Uncle Scrooge, Walking Dead, Young Blood, number one, uh, Onlu Gardens of the Galaxy, number one, Black Bolt, number one, Bullseye Champions, Hawkeye, Iron Fist, Jean Grey, number one, Jessica Jones, uh, Slapstick, Spider Gwen, Spider Man, Spider Man Deadpool, Star Wars Podameron, Star Wars Rogue One Adaptation, Unstoppable Wasp, and X Men Gold. Wow, that's a, that's a lot of books. Um, so what did I get a chance to read? Well, uh, I don't have a lot of time today. I'm in a bit of a time crunch, but I will talk about the following seven books. First up, we have Bane Conquest, which I actually really dug. Um, this is an interesting book. It's by Chuck Dixon and Graham Nolan. It's interesting about it as well. It's a 12-issue maxi series, which you don't see much anymore. Um, so we've seen a lot of Bane recently, but this is kind of... It felt, felt more like going back to his roots. Um, we have uh, kind of slightly different versions of Trogs, uh, Zombie, and Bird, uh, the classic um, henchman or assistants or whoever you want to call it. I forget what Doug Mensch said in a recent uh, discussion because that was part of his idea to uh, add them in for Bane's kind of um, group, um, these guys who kind of work for him. Um, but we, you know, kind of get to revitalize the idea of Bane being a bit more of a protagonist, being a bad guy, but not necessarily being fully a bad guy, if that makes sense. Not to crib a little bit from Wreck-It Ralph, but uh, it's interesting. I'm actually going to be talking with Chuck Dixon uh, as I record this the next day, uh, May 12th. I should be uh, sitting down to talk to him, and we'll be able to chat with him about um, Bane Conquest. I enjoyed this a lot. It's nice to see Graham Nolan doing an artwork again. Um, I like his style. Uh, very good line work. I'm going to give this an 8. It was a very good read, and I'm excited to talk about it with Chuck uh, tomorrow. Uh, next up is Batman 22, which is the button part three, which is probably my pick for one of the best. This The issues by Jason Fabok uh, are probably my favorite issues I've had of the book so far. The book's been good, um, don't get me wrong, but his artwork is so crisp, so gorgeous. Um, I can't get enough of Jason Fabok's artwork. Um, anything he illustrates, I want to read, just because it looks absolutely stunning. Um it's interesting, too, because it felt like the Joshua Williamson uh, Flash is a lot more about the plot, and we got a lot more style rather than substance in the Batman books. Not to say anything negative against uh, Tom King, because that's not my point at all. Um, it just felt like the first chapter was this amazing action sequence, and then the second was... Uh, you know, a little bit more slowed down, um, you know, methodical, and then kind of leading us into the next chapter, which again was much more fast-paced, uh, action-oriented uh, in this chapter. Um, it's great. Actually, I apologize. The story here is by Joshua Williamson and Tom King. The script is by Joshua Williamson, so I'm not even being fair at all. 
Um, so Joshua Williamson does a great job of really moving this forward. The script is a lot um, uh, patter here. It it's definitely more. I can't describe it, but the the flashbook felt. It was just a different pacing, and this is different. This is just has more of a sense of urgency. Uh, the fact that you have uh, Flash and Batman showing up in the Flashpoint universe, try to figure out what's going on, then immediately in a, in a fight sequence, and then escaping that, and um, you know, and then they're running along, and they see Zoom again. Like the artwork here is absolutely fantastic. I'm excited to see what we what we have next uh, in the next chapter. Um, this is thrilling. Uh, I'm going to give it a nine, actually. Like I, I just thought it was so well done. The button is proving to be a great crossover, kind of mini crossover event uh, between these two titles. Uh, it's a great combination of these two characters. Um, I'm loving their interplay, and I'm just absolutely in love with Jason Playbox artwork. It is absolutely gorgeous. Next up, we have Deathstroke 18. I actually uh, got caught up, and I, I think I read three issues of Deathstroke all at once, but... Uh, I've really enjoyed this series. Um, it's just it's so it's smartly written. It's very sophisticated. Uh, the sense of pacing. Um, it's not your typical book, and I really like that. Um, it's written by um, Christopher Priest, artwork by Joe Bennett and Norm Ratmund. Um, Bennett and Ratmund are a great team in terms of their pencils and inks. Um, uh, I felt like this issue felt like we got a lot of stuff kind of coming to a head. Um, the culmination of certain elements, uh, everything kind of really falling down all at the same time. Uh, the ending definitely looks like kind of crazy, and uh, I'm excited to see where we get where we kind of go from here. But yeah, this was really really well done, and uh, just at times just brutal. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for what will come next. Um, this is a very entertaining book. It's you know 18 issues in. To, Priest is telling a really kind of multi-layered story, and again, um, because there's been so many different subplots, I felt like this had so much kind of coming to play all at once, and that was just very entertaining. Eight out of ten. Next up is Nova number six. Uh, this is by Jeff Loveness and Ramon Perez, with artwork by Scott Hepburn. Um, I don't even know how I feel about this. Um, reading it, it just. It makes me realize, and I feel like I have to go back and read the entire DNA run to really re-comprehend exactly what was going on at the end, because it's been many years. Um, I kind of feel like he he left off Nova and um, the day, I should say, but if through my conversations with Dan, it definitely seems like it was more of a Dan Abnett production at the very end, as opposed to uh, an Abnett landing production um, in terms of the writing. So it definitely feels like Dan left um, Nova and... Um, Star Lord in a very specific place, and I don't even like. I don't think he had a really good idea of how exactly they were going to get out of it, and then he never had to deal with it. And then Bendis kind of did this weird thing that didn't really work for me during the original Sentai's of I think Guardians, um, which was to try and explain part of what happened and how we kind of got Star Lord back. Um, I don't know if it explained how we got Thanos back. I can't really remember. Um, and then we have this story, which is kind of trying to again say that that did happen but how do we get Richard out of where he was left and obviously the storyline in the last five issues was leading into this and it was very clear like the, the writing was on the wall that something was wrong and we were going to get to see what um, I just I don't know it's okay it's not bad it's not a bad issue um, it's just one of those things that just instead of making me be like yeah you know Richard Ryder and this is it's cool to kind of see what happened it just kind of makes me more sad for the character because he was just he was he was su- he was he was such an amazing character uh, during that run. I mean, I 
I have to admit, like I was never a huge fan of Nova. Um, I don't think a lot of people can really claim to being a huge fan of Nova. I know there were some. I know Eric Larson loved Nova because he was, you know, his Spider-Man. He got to be there at the at the, the ground floor. But for me. I never really had a connection to the character, and then when uh, he was in the had his Annihilation book, and then had that ongoing come after that, it was just so well done. And then I was you know a big fan of the character, and then ever since then, you know we've had Sam Alexander, and I've really come to enjoy and appreciate that character. So I didn't even necessarily feel like I needed Richard Rider anymore because he, he was never necessarily going to be the Richard Rider that I fell in love with. Um, and now we're we're kind of getting him back, and he's got elements of that character, but it just feels like so much time has passed. Um, I mean the whole like the whole realm of kings. It feels like, I mean, is it ten years ago or you know six or seven years ago? Like it just feels like it was ages ago that all this happened. That it was uh, something that was important, and now it just feels like it's yeah, the Marvel Cosmic Universe has become some a totally different beast. That um, I don't know if Richard Rider has as much of a place as he used to, um, or a lot of those characters at that time because. They're just so different now. You look at Star-Lord. Even look at Groot. Like, you read Annihilation Conquest. He's not the same character that we got in Guardians of the Galaxy. They were different. And then, obviously, they've played with different versions of Groot since then. Um, there's definitely been... Because of the wild success in the movie, we're never going to go back to the pre-2014 Guardians. That being said, obviously, I guess, what, two years before that, we got, um, you know, the Guardians by Bendis, which is starting to channel what we were going to get in the movie. Um, so that whole comedic version of the Guardians has taken over. Not that DNA's wasn't comedic at times, but it wasn't fully comedic, and there was some high-stakes, crazy stuff happening in those books. I don't really know what my point is anymore. This issue's all right. I'm going to give it a 7. Um, I try not to be, you know, whining about, oh, this isn't what I wanted, or this isn't the book I wanted, or it's not the team I wanted, but a little bit, you know, that that's going to seep in anyway. As much as I don't want that to be true, sometimes you just, you know, there's certain versions of the characters that those are the ones you connect with, and when they change and evolve, unfortunately, they're just not for you anymore. However, the good thing about comics is that uh, you can go back and read all those amazing comics that you love, and as much as it might suck that you don't get new adventures with those versions of the characters, it doesn't take away from the fact that those comics still exist, and you can still enjoy them in and of themselves as a vacuum, So, which is kind of nice that if you go from Annihilation to Thanos Ignition, or Thanos Imperative, I should say, it's a it's a great story. It's a beginning. It's an ending of this this era of Marvel Cosmic, and you could just go back to that and you know pretend uh, nothing else ever happened. And uh, I wouldn't necessarily blame you. Uh, next up is Secret Empire number one. I like this. A lot of people seem to hate it, or I, I, I found the uh, the time frame jarring just because I didn't expect it to jump ahead maybe as much as it did and have everyone kind of accepting of the new status quo as easily as they did. As they did. Um, I thought McNiven's art, although good, did not feel nearly as... Maybe did he have a different anchor? I think it, I think it's a different anchor. Leaston. I don't think he usually has. I'm trying to think what is different about this, or maybe it's the colors. Like it doesn't look like some of the more recent McNiven projects I've seen. You could see it in the pencils that you know it's still him, it's still there, but there's just something different about maybe the pencils, the colors. I'm or sorry, the inks or the colors. I'm not sure which one, but it's definitely not quite what I'm used to from McNiven, so I think there's just been a change there. The story itself, I thought, was, you know, interesting and entertaining. I'm excited to kind of see where we go from here. Um, I mean, as I said, I, I like this. Um, I've been liking what Nick Spencer's been doing. Um, the fact that we have, you know, uh, was it Rick Jones dying the way he did? I mean, that's... That, that's that's you know it's going to get retconned. Horrible things are happening, but obviously there's going to be retcons. There's going to be. I mean, when you have the central conceit is that there's cosmic cubes involved, you can't get overly precious with this stuff. It's it's going to be reversed in some way. Um, 
And so we're just going to be on, on, going, on board for the ride. So I'm going to give it an 8. I thought it was a good ride. It was a good issue for the book. It was very different than the issue 0, but it made more sense to me why they did it this way. Because the story they're telling, they had to get you to the story, but then the story is what happens after almost. Uh, once you know Hydra wins is more the story as opposed to getting Hydra to win, which I thought was kind of intriguing. Instead of having you know the fighting, uh, we just kind of fast forward to you know this you know Hydra's won. Now what? Uh, it's kind of like um, what book was that? Where was it? Uh, the marketing for I think Final Crisis, where it was like you know what if the the where were you when the villains won something like that? I can't even remember anymore. But um, this was kind of an, I, I I like that they kind of jumped forward. Um, I didn't expect the time jump the way they did, but I kind of liked it. Uh, next up is Spider Man twenty nine nine. Again, this is one of the books where I just kind of read three issues at once, so I got to get caught up all at once. Um, I thought it was kind of entertaining where Spider Man is kind of jumped to the future, trying to be able to stop this event. Um, and things kind of go haywire with a lot of characters showing up that he doesn't necessarily expect. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of surprises. I'm excited to see where we go from here. Um, this issue definitely felt like it threw you for a loop because characters are showing up, Miguel is confused, and then you have what happens at the ending, which I'm not going to give away, which is kind of cool as well. Like, who is this person? It's not just a cosplayer. It's something going on here. I thought it was uh, actually quite entertaining by Peter David and Will Slining or Slining. Now I can't remember, and I've talked to the guy, and I feel even worse about that. Uh, and then we have Spider-Man, sorry, Spider-Man, Superman 22. Uh, this is the newest chapter of Black Dawn, the current storyline. Um... The art here is gorgeous. Uh, the story is pretty strong. It's by uh, Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Leeson. They did the story with Doug Monk on art, and his art is really effective here because it's meant to evoke a creepy vibe, and, man, when Monk wants to be creepy, he can really be creepy. Um, I like that the focus here is on Lois, and it's a lot. it feels like the stakes are a lot higher because it's Lois, um, because it's not you know Batman or Superman, which we're not as worried about them, let's be honest, but Lois... Um, Obviously, we, you know, necess- not necessarily that nothing's really going to happen to her bad, but she's still a character that we are have more concern for just because she's a human. And, you know, she might have, you know, more skills than, than me in terms of self-preservation because I'm sure she's been, you know, able to take care of herself and fight back and has more training than me. Um, and probably stronger than me, too. Um, probably more of a badass than me, too. Uh, but she's still, still, at the end of the day human in a way that, I mean, Batman's human, but, like, I mean, come on, with all the training and crazy stuff that make Batman do, he, at many times, feels like he's not quite human. Uh, I'm gonna give this an 8, though. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, so let's do a quick look forward to what we'll be talking about on uh, next episode, uh, sorry, or next reviews episode, I should say, with the releases from May 10th. Um, so some of the highlights uh, that came out yesterday uh, include new issues of Action Comics, All-Star Batman, uh, Batman and the Birds of Prey, Detective Comics, uh, I think the first trade paperback for Blue Beetle from in the Rebirth era, as well as uh, the second uh, Detective Comics uh, uh, trade paperback from the Rebirth era. Uh, we got new issues of New Superman, uh, Suicide Squad, Superwoman, Wonder Woman. Um, from IDW, there's Back to the Future number 19. I can't believe it's that far already. There's uh, Star Trek Green Lantern volume 2 number 6. Um, over at Image, we have uh, issue of Fix. Uh, there's the Lazarus Sourcebook number 2. Uh, Regression number 1. Uh, we got Throwaways number 8. And uh, I guess the blank sketch cover of Youngblood 1, in case you missed it from last week. And then new releases include All New Wolverine, Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows, Amazing Spider-Man Trade Paperback Volume 5 Worldwide, uh, America Number 3, Avengers Number 7, uh, what else we got? Black Panther Crew Number 2, um, Gwenpool, uh, Kingpin, 
Old Man Logan, Rocket, uh, number one, Secret Warriors, number one, which is a tie-in to Secret Empire. Um, we got Silver Surfer, number 11. There's the Spider-Man Lifeline uh, tablet saga, which is kind of cool that they're putting those issues together. There's uh, Star Wars Screaming Citadel, number one, Uncanny Avengers, 23, Weapon X, number three, uh, X-Men Blue, number three, a lot of threes. Uh, and Zombies Assemble number one, which I actually don't even know if I was aware of was even coming. Uh, anyway, so that is what we'll be talking about. Some of those books that come out uh, next week, uh, think, or that came out yesterday, that we'll be talking about next week. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode. You can reach me at comicshanigans at gmail.com. Like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes. And you can also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again. We'll catch you next time. Bye bye.